No mother wants to have her children be raised on the streets of Portland or Seattle right now because of the unrest, because of the violence, and it's not American. So uh, we truly believe in the rule of law and it being upheld, and that's the difference right now today between the Republican and the Democrat parties. That is certainly the message they're trying to get out this week at the Republican convention. That was Governor Nome of South Dakota. I saw her speech last night. She was pretty good. Um, yeah, I, yeah, she's uh, A, I love her, uh, you know, politically, ideologically, etc. cetera. Uh, seems like a really nice gal and cute as a button. Yeah, she's got a little bit of that whole um, uh, works out too much thing going that seems to be popular with some women these days. Oh, I don't know what wow. that is. Whoa, this, 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 this is uh, verging on sexism right now. Uh, it just, works out too much? What does that even mean? It's just, it's just what it, Madonna started that. It's just like you're... you're, you're too uh, sinewy? Kelly, yeah, too sinewy. Okay. <laughs> All right. This degenerated quickly, didn't it? I love her message, though. She she is out and proud saying, hey, come to South Dakota. We want you. We love you. Move here from your crappy blue states. Unlike, you know, you got to keep your head down now in Montana or Idaho or whatever if you move from a crappy blue state. Nobody wants you. Um, but, yeah, so drawing that contrast, the fact that the Democrats didn't mention it at all, not only didn't emphasize it, never mentioned at all the fact that you got cities across America that are just, well, literally on fire, and people are shooting each other, and police are doing nothing about it, and mayors are saying, good for the police not doing anything about it. Right. And, and, and Well, the, the, I, would, I would say the police are doing plenty about it. They're just overwhelmed in a lot of places. I'm looking at the cops bleeding from the head and getting lasers in their eyes in Portland, for instance. Oh, yeah. I blame the oh, yeah. oh, yeah. city fathers and mothers. Yeah. But then you have the situation like Washington, D.C. earlier this week. I don't know what the police were doing while the, gang, the, 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 the roving mob was going from restaurant to restaurant. Terrorizing people. Forcing yeah. people who were eating dinner to submit. Yeah. I don't know what the hell's going on there. Yeah. Amen to that. Oh, hey. oh one, one quick note. I was listening to Nakedly Progressive Radio this morning. Uh, and NPR is absolutely aiding, abetting, and covering for Marxists. NPR is providing cover for Marxism. Do I they, said it on the record. I will you, stand by Do you by think it. they know they're doing that? Is there a record? I think some of them do. I think some of them are just so deluded and misguided. They have uh, ideology fever. They've lost their capacity to reason. But they're doing this series where they go around asking voters, uh, what keeps you up at night? And actually, the number... The My people, stomach ache. I guess still got a stomach ache. I don't know why. You, you ate a big root beer float before bed. Do you think that played a role? If, <laughs> if you were a you child, child, it's a bad idea. You child. <laughs> you child. Anyway, uh, and I will give them credit for this. They have been uh, remarkably balanced in bringing uh, conservative voices to that featurette. So I, I tip my cap to them. But this one gal, retired gal, lives in Scottsdale, Um Saying what keeps me up at night is is the crumbling of America's cities and the lawlessness and the rest of it. And the the quasi Marxist, nakedly progressive anchor said, "Well, how much of that is reality, and is it maybe just perception?" Yeah, that's right, Steve. It's just a perception that they're using quick dry cement to seal the cops in a building, then burn it down in Portland. What they're actually doing is a fundraiser for uh, homeless puppies. It's just my perception that they're trying to burn cops alive. Oh, jeez. Holy crap! And my tax money goes to this! Back to you. I, I, I forgot. I wanted to get the clip I saw uh, somewhere of Don Lemon on CNN. Uh, saying, yeah, there's some polling that's starting to show this issue is really catching on with people. Do you think? Getting to the fact that, thank God, Joe Biden came out and finally said something about it for people on the left. Here's, here's Joe Biden yesterday. 
Protesting brutality is a right and absolutely necessary, but burning down communities is not protest, it's needless violence. Violence that endangers lives, violence that guts businesses and shutters businesses that serve the community, that's wrong. How they didn't mention it last week, I don't know. I think that was a a, a, a real political misstep. I apologize uh, for In that. retrospect, so... It, I can't wait to see polling on this in like a week mm-hmm. where this is going. Oh, yeah. It will absolutely lag. Uh, what America's attitude is right now will appear in polls next week or maybe two weeks from now. I don't know how much credit the Democrats will get for uh, recognizing what's going on here. Um, or if you know the media will start to shift their tone now that their standard bearer, Joe Biden, has, uh, has you know said this sort of violence in the streets is not okay. Well, if I was to put morality aside completely and just look at it you know as an analyst he's in a difficult spot oh yeah because he and his party and the media that is friendly to them which is the vast majority of it have built this narrative that what we're seeing in america's city is uh, civil rights protesters who are protesting police brutality and not dangerous violent neo-marxists um and and there is absolutely some overlap i mean the founders of black life matter black lives matter right there on their website they say uh, we're, we're trained Marxists. Um, there are plenty of righteous people out there who just want civil rights for black people, and, and good for you. I do, too. Um, but he's going to have to pivot and somehow thread the needle of rejecting the violent extremists but not running off the misguided, energetic uh, lefties of America who are denying there's a difference between those two groups. Or, or don't want there to be, or are secretly kind of happy because they've been taught that Howard's in garbage since they were kids. They're kind of happy that America's being torn down. If he runs off those people, he loses. Yeah, I don't know. I like this a headline I saw. Um, there was rioting in Madison, Wisconsin, not far from Kenosha, Wisconsin. At midnight, standing where a statue commemorating women's suffrage was torn down weeks ago, a young woman with a bullhorn explained rioting etiquette. So they tore down the women's suffrage staff statue a couple of weeks ago. Now everything's on fire right there as they're talking about how you need to riot. Ah, great. Uh, against uh, police brutality. Yeah, that's something. Tearing down statues of suffragette heroes. Nice. Well, that's that's she's probably or those people were probably just Marxist or because the suffragette leaders were generally white. They had to be torn down for racist reasons. Um, because they're these people are racist against white people, um, and or it's just the Marxist thing, and and uh, both you know communists and the commentators on communism have talked about this. They try to erase history. There cannot be any history. All there can be is the present, and the party tells you what it is. So I think Joe Biden's tweet came before that statement. And I'm sure they were crafting carefully, uh, well, d- d- talking about, d- we got to respond to this, don't we? I don't think we should. You know, what about the left wing? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And they finally decided they need to respond to it. And I'm sure they put a hell of a lot of thought into it with a whole bunch of different consultants deciding what to say on it. Sure. And d- I don't know if he tweeted first or, or spoke first. I think he tweeted first because his tweet was confusing to me. Once again, a black man, Jacob Blake, was shot by the police in front of his children. It makes me sick. Is this the country we want to be? Needless violence won't heal us. We need to end the violence and peacefully. And when I saw that, because I saw that before I got to the, before I heard the audio, I thought, 
So are you just uh, you're jumping in on the this was clearly an unjustified shooting? Yeah. Do you have some information the rest of us don't have? Or? He as much as declared the outcome of the investigation. That was his his caption for the video that we just played. That okay. was the same tweet. Okay. And earlier in that, he kind of has that, that same sentence is how he starts off this video. It's about a two-minute thing. I just yeah. clipped a, a small section of it. Yeah, I thought, that, you know, I don't know how carefully ha- they handled the tweet, but you could read this tweet easily as the needless violence is the cops shooting people. Yeah. I, I, he doesn't make it clear that he's talking about, you know, the responses in the street. Now, he does in his audio, yeah, but okay. not in the tweet. And I have a feeling they very they poured over every word of this, would be my guess. You would think, yeah. It's sloppy. I think I know what he was driving at, but it's sloppy. I think they were trying to serve two masters. Yes. Well, they're trying to thread that needle, like I said. Yeah, I think they were trying to... Uh, have the people that think he's on the side of the protesters in the street, even if they're burning things down, uh, think he's talking about the police violence. Oh, you think? Wow, that's really a tough needle to throw. Well, it's certainly not clear here. Oh, no, it, it fits what you just read. That seems to me a bizarre strategy. But, yeah, so people who are against the violence and looting and rioting... Once we'll again, take it that way. Once again, a black man, Jacob Blake, was shot by the police in front of his children. It makes me sick. It, well, it makes me sick seeing... I hate seeing anybody be shot at all, ever, but... Of course. It may come out. I don't have any idea, but it may turn out he was resisting arrest and had a weapon. And the police are off the hook. In that case, what sense does your tweet just make? Well, none. None. It is it's, it's reminiscent of... Police investigator LeBron James's presumptive comments that he just leaps to the end of his own investigation and indicts the cops without having done a lick of investigation. It's Obama's. Uh, the one thing I know is the police acted stupidly. It's it's terrible. It's irresponsible. I'm just saying if they do have internal polling, like Chuck Todd on Meet the Press said yesterday, their internal polling in the Biden campaign has them really nervous about the direction this whole thing is going with the the, the violence in the cities. Mm-hmm. And that that is, uh, Don Lemon said yesterday, this is the hot issue right now for Republicans, and it's really working for them. Not um, a joke. If Joe Biden was trying to calm that down, that tweet ain't going to do it. No, no. Well, and, and it's ignoring the great truth, which is a lot of the energy for the violence and the looting and the burning is coming from far-left radicals. Black Bloc, Antifa, the, the usual suspects. Why couldn't you just tweet, um, when I'm president... It'll be my highest priority to get rid of bad cops. Um, I'm sickened by the idea of um, black people being treated differently than white people by by law enforcement. Something like that. And then say, burning down furniture stores, attacking people in the streets as a protest is never, in all caps, acceptable. Why couldn't you do both those things? Perfect. Be, but, but why didn't he? No, instead he, he vomited up that word salad you just uh, shared with us. Yeah, I think there's a reason they did it. I don't think it, like Trump just shoots stuff off. I mean, he, right. he, he they are, there's not consultants pouring every word, <laughs> over every word of Trump's tweets. Apparently not. <laughs> I'm not even sure he agrees with them an hour after he tweets them out. But I got to assume they put a lot of thought in that. Maybe I'm wrong. I, just, I, don't, I don't understand why they weren't more clear. I don't yeah. know. Um, there's plenty of proof that many of the violent protesters are out-of-towners, radicals, coming to various towns. We have a, a note from a sheriff's deputy about that we could uh, hit in a little while. I wouldn't mind uh, changing the topic oh, for sure. a little oh, while. Sure. Oh, uh, you know, we probably ought to mention uh, Tim Scott, black senator from South Carolina, viciously treated on social media um, for daring to say he believes in America, that sort of thing. So it's, you know, it's just 
There's there's hate running hot in the streets. Great. Hot hate. Just hot, fantastic. hot hate. <laughs> Who wants it? No, I don't. Terrible. Let's see. What's that? Oh, we got the phony Hatch Act controversy. I want. I actually do want to talk to you about that. All right. It's it's ultimately funny. All right. All right. All right. All right. You, you sound skeptical. Um, our uh, text line four one five two nine five KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So I thought it was a very well-crafted speech, spent the first part of it uh, making a, as strong a case as you can imagine for the Trump record. I think he took some liberties in the way he described the president's response to the coronavirus, but that happens in political speeches, and then really took apart uh, Joe Biden's record on foreign policy, on the economy. We all commented on it last week that he didn't say a word about the violence in the streets of America, and they're going to hammer that, no question about it. A very effective speech. Chris Wallace praising Pence's speech last night. I didn't, well, I'll be darned. I didn't watch it. I'm. Uh, I was watching Carl Rove earlier in the day on Fox say, "Look, nobody's gotten a bounce out of a convention in almost twenty years." And I thought, "What am I doing with my time then?" Oh, it's uh, a hobby. <laughs> it is a hobby. No, you know That's the it. outcome of a baseball game isn't going to affect my life, but I enjoyed it. Hmm. Uh, I will tell you this though, and I think uh, Mike Pence is a good and decent man. He was a d- damn fine governor of Indiana. I think he'd probably make a pretty decent president, but I do not find him a compelling speaker at all. I was fighting to pay attention. I mean, if he were to give a speech entitled, I'm going to come to Joe Getty's house and give him a million dollars, I'd space out midway through. Wait a minute, honey, when did he say he's coming? <laughs> Chris Wallace, who's been pretty tight with the praise for the Republican convention, yes. but uh, really liked Because he is a closeted liberal. And he said the stagecraft was uh, incredible. He said, uh, I can't imagine what the stagecraft is going to be like for Trump's speech tonight. So that does uh, pique my interest, make me want to tune in. Yeah, indeed. Uh, the Pence speech at uh, Fort McHenry last night. Um, have you ever been there? I don't know. What's well, Fort McHenry? That's uh, where the uh, the flag was flying, uh, that uh, the Star Spangled Banner thing, oh, Francis Scott Key, so etc. No, I have not been. That was the fort. That was there. the flag. I'll be darned. Yeah. Um, Ramparts and, uh, and whatnot? Yeah. Judy and I and uh, Little D went there as she was uh, embarking on her, her college education. It was it was great. It's, it's, um, it's, it's a moving place when you think about the history and everything, but it was beautiful. The funny part for non-East Coasters, though, is they do everything so late at night. 10 to 11 p.m. is considered... Uh, prime time, right? And so all these oldsters and, and and Mike Pence and everybody is out there at ten fifty at night, listening to a speech. Boy, in the Midwest, as I grew up, everybody would be sound asleep. Oh yeah, <laughs> the whole family. Yeah, and for for quite a while. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, but it, it was good. The the stuff indicting the Obama Biden foreign policy was haymaker after haymaker. I don't think it'll have a lot of significance, but it was a preview of what we're going to hear on the campaign trail and in the debates. For two more months. Oh, two short months. We only have two more months to enjoy this, folks. <laughs> hey, I got coming up. Uh, I'll get to this this hour. Americans are becoming more frugal. Same way your parents or grandparents were so, uh, you know, careful with the money because they come out of the Depression era. Yeah. We might be crafting another uh, generation of that people, which would be a good thing. Oh, I think so. 
Stay tuned for that stuff. Uh, yeah, if no other reason, then it'll leach into the government. A frugal people demands a frugal government. And we uh, will get, get back into the whole NBA. They're, they're meeting now, I think. Uh, they're meeting again today on whether or not they're going to call off the playoffs because of the unrest in various cities and the cops and then this and that. And Well, it's it's a protest. I mean, I, I don't want people to get the idea that the players are afraid to take the floor because mm. there might be a riot. No, um, they're in Orlando in yeah, a bubble. They're they're protesting. Major League Baseball, uh, several teams uh, took the night off last night, too, uh, which annoyed the heck out of me as I was looking forward to a little baseball. Um, of course, but, I was getting ready to watch my Major League Soccer, and uh, a couple of the matches were canceled. By the way, hockey continues to play. They're not protesting. They're not burning. They're not yelling. They're playing hockey. Soccer and hockey. ice. The best sport, most exciting. Playoff hockey, you might have to take some sort of tranquilizer because it's so exciting. I believe it. It's fabulous. Every time the puck is near the goal, you just, yeah, you <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so exciting. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Man, are we getting a lot of emails, people saying, that's it. I'm out. I'm out of the NBA, and Major League Baseball keeps it up. I'm not watching baseball. I'm not watching fo- football. is going to be a, a dung show. When it starts. In terms of protests and politics and then the COVID, forget it. Forget it. Yeah. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We do know why it all happened, though. Kenosha has devolved into anarchy because the authorities in charge of the city abandoned it. People in charge from the governor of Wisconsin on down refused to enforce the law. They stood back and they watched Kenosha burn. So we're really surprised that looting and arson accelerated to murder. How shocked are we that 17-year-olds with rifles decided they had to maintain order when no one else would? Everyone could see what was happening in Kenosha. It was getting crazier by the hour. As we said, this is the inevitable result. Right. Not, not that I'm happy about it or I think it's good, but it is absolutely inevitable. Let me read from the dispatch. As demonstrations continued throughout the night, night before last in Kenosha, Wisconsin, Riders had clashed with members of a right-wing militia that had assembled, ostensibly to prevent further damage to city buildings and businesses after rioting the night before. Because, I'm throwing this in, because, as Tucker pointed out, the main police around doing it. Right. Um, maybe they can't, but they aren't. Uh, video shows that one of those encounters turned to disaster. 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse allegedly shot and killed a man who had yelled and run at him in a parking lot and then fled the scene. Shortly after, video shows a man believed to be Rittenhouse, the 17-year-old, run down a street pursued by several people, then tripping and falling. As one jumped on him and another approached from the side, he fired several more times, killing one and wounding the other. He was arrested Wednesday and charged with first-degree homicide. They'll never get a conviction. They're overcharging to keep the peace again. I mean, if a protester, the video shows the guy ran at him in a threatening manner, assuming that he wouldn't pull the trigger. A 17-year-old, you could say he panicked or whatever. He thought he was in mortal danger, and he shot the guy. Cell phone videos of both shootings rocketed around social media yesterday. I'm still reading from the dispatch, as did a third clip. A Kenosha police officer chatting with a group of the militia. 
which included Rittenhouse, they believe, earlier in the night, offering them water bottles and saying, we appreciate you guys, we really do. Worth pointing out that in the wake of that, last night, the uh, there was a huge show of force. Uh, police, National Guard, etc., and things were much more calm. Trump troops. Oh, please. Is him from being out of state interesting to more people oh, than just me? Yeah. It's, no, you're right. Yeah, when I heard that, I thought, okay. That's interesting. It's it's mildly interesting. It's you know I could mention towns around here, but he went from one town to the next town. It's twelve. Well, how miles. far away was it? It's twelve, oh, it was 12 miles. miles. Oh, okay. Well, oh, that's, okay. That's yeah. not I, near as interesting. I had a misunderstanding of the actual yeah. distance. Travel, I had I been misled by the report I heard. Yeah. Well, he did come from out of state. That much is true. But mm-hmm. um, we got this note from uh, anonymous uh, sheriff's deputy, local county, worked the protest. This is in Central California. It doesn't say where. I'm guessing. Things got a little hairy in the Santa Cruz area, I think. But um, one thing he pointed out was of the 20 people they arrested, 17 were from the Bay Area, and one of them had a job. The 19 others uh, trying to pillage and plunder were unemployed 20-year-olds. Crazy, isn't it? There are also various Antifa message boards and Twitter accounts held by known uh, Marxists uh, talking about, hey, we're, we're driving all the way across country to get to Kenosha. Can anybody offer us a shower or, or where can we stay? That sort of thing. So wherever the hot spot is, you get Benjamin Crump, who shows up to represent the family and sue the city and get an enormous settlement, um, and you get the, the radicals from wherever showing up. And, again, utterly predictably, you get people who want to see law and order restored coming in from other places as well. Although you could argue the kid was pretty local. I mean, I'm thinking, well, I live in suburb A. If in suburb C, which is you just want, skip one town over, that's 12 miles. And if there were utter horrors taking place there, I could see thinking, yeah, that's that's my part of the world. Um, I would say that Americans need to wake up to the reality that if there is one of these shootings in your town, justified or unjustified, if it becomes, you know, controversial, and you'll know within hours, um, board up your businesses. You know, lock your doors. Expect the worst because it's right. going to happen wherever so, like it is. Like preparation for a hurricane. Yeah. And what bothers me about what Joe Biden tweeted and what bothered Jason Whitlock about what LeBron James has been saying is they leap immediately not only to a conclusion but certainty as to their conclusion of whether the the shooting was justified or unjustified based on watching a seven-second video. Well, here's here's the other part that, that bothers me, and this does nobody any good. It doesn't do any either side any good. I regularly hear people say, okay, here's another one, and then they add to the list of, and then their list includes people that it has been proven by Democrats that the cops didn't act um, out of racism or even, even they didn't even do anything wrong. Right. Yep. I heard and one of those lists uh, this morning that included Michael Brown in Ferguson. That is not do that is not helping anybody. Nope. Look into it if you want to. You don't have to believe me. Read the Washington Post account of it. Hands up, don't shoot never happened. The Obama Justice Department decided that that was a justifiable shooting. Eric Holder cleared the cop completely. So you can't include that on your list of racist white cops hunting black men. Right. Right. So, uh, which is just an unfortunate idea that is out there. What Jason Whitlock said about LeBron James uh, was brutal, and uh, we'll share some of that with you in a in a second or two. Just want to give you a quick heads up about Simply Safe, this great home security system. 
U.S. News and World Report named it the best overall home security of 2020, and it's easy to understand why. It's got an arsenal of sensors and cameras, blanket every room, window, and door, uh, just like you want, but none of the negative, expensive stuff of home security systems. So for about $15 a month, you can do this? Um, you order Simply Safe. It comes to your home. You set it up yourself in about an hour. It's effortless, by the way. Effortless. No technician required. There's no contract. No pushy sales guys. No hidden fees. No fine print. And it's not too complicated to use, which is awesome. Yep. So you get in touch with Simply Safe at simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Free shipping. 60 day risk free trial. You got your cameras. You got your sensors. You got your peace of mind. You got your professional monitoring, but you save a lot of money. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. So they know that uh, we sent you so we can keep doing this uh, stupid show that uh, people seem to enjoy. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. So. Jason Whitlock, who's a black man, columnist, he's, he writes about sports, but he writes a, about a lot of things. Really smart guy. Um, is really been tough on LeBron James um, for the reasons I summarized briefly a second ago. He leaps to very strong conclusions, um, announces them with certainty, and then whips people up into hate and fear. In Jason Whitlock's opinion, I happen to share it, but um, the title of this column is LeBron James is a bigot. And first of all, he lampoons LeBron James's investigations of the shootings to make it clear that he really has no idea what he's talking about. Well, nobody does yet. No. No, indeed. Um, uh, where is my... Fa- um, bah, 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 bah. LeBron James has more than 40 million followers on Twitter. Doesn't he have a moral responsibility to be informed and measured before commenting on a controversy that could inspire civil unrest? What's the harm in waiting 48 hours, 72 hours, or a week? Is James intentionally being used as an agent of chaos? His logic is consistent with the logic of white bigots. James uses occasional anecdotes to make sweeping generalizations about white police officers. Quote, and y'all wonder why we say what we say about police. James' Twitter feed reads like a transcript from a KKK rally. Can't you hear the Grand Wizard of the Klan shouting to his followers in the aftermath of, say, O.J. Simpson? And you all wonder why we say what we say about black people. His Twitter feed reads like a transcript from a KKK rally. LeBron James foolishly thinks he's overseeing the police. He's overseeing the black KKK. He's promoting racism. He's demonizing a group of white people based on the behavior of a few. As a black man, that sort of tactic, that sort of racist, racist tactic should be terrifying. That racist tactic was used to deny us freedom in this country. No one who professes to care about the welfare of black people would adopt the tactics of white bigots. Bigots, regardless of color, have a common trait. Ignorance. Ignorance fuels their ego. Information is their enemy. They avoid it at all costs. Negative anecdotes frame their worldview. Bigotry has subdued and detained LeBron James. Black Lives Matter is a clever Twitter hashtag designed to spread racial division. Twitter baits and rewards racial demagoguery. James is addicted to social media. His bigotry is no surprise. Didn't hear that one repeated on CNN. And so is... uh... There's a decent chance the NBA is going to cancel the rest of the playoffs, which would be, wow, that'd be a heck of a thing. I could definitely see how the players are, you know, maybe they hadn't even consciously thought it themselves, just kind of this whole living in this bubble thing sucks. I hate this. This can't be over soon enough. Yes. So they might have had that vibe going already. Well, plus the vid, like we were talking about earlier, everybody's a little more tense, just a little more on edge. So I don't blame him. Plus, listen, I don't, 
I think LeBron James, with his enormous social media following, is doing serious harm. But I completely understand if if people only hear one side of an argument over and over and over again, they never hear it challenged. They begin to assume there is no challenge to that point of view. I certainly don't think he's cynical like the cable news channels are trying to get clicks or something like that. I would agree. By exaggerating. Yeah, I actually think he's sincere. I think he's wildly misguided. But I, I, I think he's speaking from his heart. I would urge him to speak a little more from his head. Um, probably more on that later. I came across this on the Twitter last night. I thought this was great. How did I come across Macaulay Culkin's Twitter feed? He tweeted out, hey, guys, you want to feel old? I'm 40 today. You're uh, welcome. <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. What the hell, Macaulay? And then he tweeted, it's my gift to the world. I make people feel old. I'm no longer a kid. That's my job. Which is, of course, a great line from Uncle Buck. Oh, I'm that, a kid. That is... That's my job. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin is 40. Oh, you know what? I forgot to tell you about that, the whole Hatch Act controversy. This is such a beautiful example of how Washington works and how you ought not pay much attention to the crap that comes out of there every day. Absolutely. The controversial Mike Pompeo speech. We'll fact check the controversy coming up in a minute. Also, are Americans becoming more frugal? It certainly looks like it. Out of this generation's Great Depression, or whatever it's going to end up being. Uh, Stay tuned for all that. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. When I was single, I had married friends. I would not visit their homes. I found their lives to be pathetic and depressing. Now that I'm married, I have no single friends. I find their lives to be meaningless and trivial experiences. In both cases, I believe I was correct. Whichever side of marriage you're on, you don't get what the other people are doing. I can't hang out with single guys. If you don't have a wife, we have nothing to talk about. You have a girlfriend? That's wiffle ball, my friend. <laughs> wow. I can't wait to carve out a little time and watch that. Oh, it's funny. The great Jerry Seinfeld. So, uh, I especially noticed that with the kids thing. I noticed that. My wife noticed that. You can't hang out with your childish friends. Really, you just can't. It's hard. They always end up huddling amongst themselves at any sort of gatherings off in the corner. Yeah, (laughs) it's a different tribe. Uh, I'm not going to make war on you, but we don't want you in our valley. (laughs) So speaking of wars and, uh, you know, it's uh, I guess there's value in these stupid, meaningless, weightless Trump reverses or controversies in politics. Part of the problem is that all of the news comes out of the Beltway or, or Manhattan, but have you followed the controversial speech by Mike Pompeo, the Hatch Act? I haven't followed it on purpose. Oh, but. well, good for you. You shouldn't. But they've been jawing at each other on cable news about this. The Hatch Act was designed to prevent federal employees in while working from engaging in overtly political activity. If you're, you know, in charge of the, the sewers and you're getting paid by the taxpayers, you can't be running for sewers commissioner at work. That's the the long and short of the Hatch Act. And allegedly, it was controversial that Mike Pompeo gave a speech from Jerusalem or that uh, Chad Wolf, the acting Homeland Security Director, appeared in the convention in a pre-recorded video. And 
the Democrats are yelling, Hatch Act violation, Hatch Act violation. Well, is it actually a big deal? And I think this is actually from the dispatch, but they point out the obvious. Well, it depends who you ask and when you ask them. Republican lawmakers and conservative groups were aghast back in 2012 when then HHS Secretary Kathleen Sebelius violated the act by making extemporaneous partisan remarks at a gala in North Carolina. I believe I outrageous. I believe I ignored that one, but uh, yeah. In National Review, they pointed out six Obama administration cabinet secretaries spoke at the DNC in 2012. Six of them. And it wasn't a problem then for Democrats. It was a big problem, allegedly, for Republicans. And uh, now that eight years uh, have passed, the roles are reversed. And uh, Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, uh, I like the cut of his jib, too. I'm a real fan of a well-cut jib. He said, nobody outside of the belt where we really cares. <laughs> it's uh, it's hilarious. Oh, Texas uh, Rep. Joaquin Castro, who's a real peach, said, it's absolutely unacceptable that a sitting U.S. Secretary of State would use official tax, blah, blah, blah. Have, has this stuff ever moved a single vote? It has not. Has it raised a tax dollar? <laughs> yeah, the, the law and order party, my heine. Sure, you got Mike Pompeo speaking. How dare he? God, this stuff is so phony. Um, I, I think this is real. I think Americans are becoming more frugal. Um, I, I know I am, and I think I will be for the rest of my life. More cautious, no I doubt. Was, I, was, I was relatively frugal anyway, but I will be... The idea that things could change on a dime, and you won't have a dime, um, uh, is much more real to me as now that I've seen it happen. Yeah, a couple of times. It doesn't, it, the big cataclysm doesn't like slowly roll up and you got plenty of time to plan. <laughs> you got nope. it on your calendar. Cataclysm. Oh, it's just a week away, honey. Just all of a sudden, the next day, the world is different. Right. That's the way it works. Uh, over half of Americans say the lockdown finally taught them how to be smart with their money. Glad to hear that. Two out of three people say the quarantine has turned them into a frugal person. Two thirds of people consider frugal a compliment. Yeah. Um, I like all that. How how interesting. It's not surprising, but I wonder what effects it will have going forward. I would like to think a frugal people demand a frugal government, for instance. Uh, that seems to be the way it works. I don't. It doesn't make sense to me, really, but it seems to be the case. Then when we're when we're all running at maximum credit card debt, we allow the government to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's not surprising. Well, I think people are, are even if it's subconsciously, they're aware of their hypocrisy, and and you don't want to be yelling about spending within your means as you're running up enormous debts on jet skis and cocaine or whatever. Um, jet skis and cocaine. <laughs> How are you buying cocaine on credit? It's normally a cash business, so you, I've heard. You, get to, you go to the ATM or something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> do you take credit cards? What? <laughs> hey, drug dealer, could you take a check? No, dude. <laughs> do you have Square? Do you have what cash? Nobody carries cash anymore. <laughs> Did you read that column, New York City is Dead Forever? By James Altucher, I think you pronounced it. I'm not sure. But I did I only know that, speaking of Jerry Seinfeld, that he responded to it, and it's become a thing of some sort. But I, uh... Yeah, well, yeah, I don't care about the argument between those two, but I found it an intriguing argument and, and a compelling one. He's describing how, and um, he gives specific examples of gigantic, oh, uh, like the Time Life building in uh, Manhattan. Normally, there are 8,000 people working there. Right now, there are 500 and then he quotes business. Man, think lead- of all the coffee shops and sandwich shops and 
A- absolutely, yeah, I was headed there, but you're you're a hundred percent right. Parking, oh my a- god, entertainment venues, all of it. And then he quotes a number of um, CEOs, business owners, at all who all say the same thing. No, we don't think we're going back. We're not going to bring everybody back to the office. Some of them are saying, we're not bringing anybody back to the office. We'll maintain a little bit of meeting space for when we need it. But no, we're completely rethinking our headquarters and our use of commercial real estate and the rest of it. Well, has any, hasn't anybody like me, maybe it's because I grew up in a rural Midwest where nobody ever commuted anywhere, but hasn't anybody ever been in a big city in traffic and thought, this is a really weird way for a, for a beast to design their lives. Right. Where everybody gets up in the morning and sits in their car for an hour to go to one specific spot, and then at the end of the day, go back to where they're... Well, Even we might though, stop. in general, you have very little meaningful interaction with the people in the office. Right. Yeah, a lot of the stuff that you did, you know, a year ago, you could have done at home. Yeah. And emailed somebody or called them on the phone if you needed to talk to them. He mentions... Uh, Real estate data, a third wave of people are leaving. Uh, prices are down 30 to 50% on both rentals and sales in some area, no matter what real estate people tell you. And rentals soaring in the second and third tier cities. Uh, coming up next hour, there are so many cities on fire with protests, you don't even know about all of them. A report out of Madison, Wisconsin, for instance. Aye, aye, aye. Oh, what's going on there? You won't believe it. Armstrong and Getty.